I want everybody to say hallelujah. hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Say, if God is, for me, God is for me, who could be against me? I don't have a care in the world. Amen. Now y'all look a lot prettier than you did just a minute ago. You just look beautiful. Are y'all ready for the word? I got to tell you, I enjoyed St. Thomas. Uh, I had, you know, there's something fun for me about going away because I, I, Justin's taking care of the church and he's taking care of the Bible school and Teresa's preaching on Wednesday night. And I can actually open up my Bible and read and without having to think about what I'm going to be doing. It's kind of really neat for me. The sun came up there at 4, 5.45. And we were in a room up on top of a mountain where there, our window went out to the ocean. So hopefully no one was out there in a boat. But we had no curtains. So if you're in your BVDs, every fish out there saw you. And Lisa looked for the curtains, and I went, well, it, I guess it doesn't matter because there's no one to see. But the next morning, no way to stop the sun. It came in. And so we're laying there in the bed and just can't sleep anymore because the sun is beating down on us. And we got up and made coffee, and she says, what time is it? And I thought, you know, 7, 8. I went, oh, God, it's not even 6 o'clock yet. And um, it was so much fun because we were able to go out and sit on the veranda, open up our Bibles and just read and pray. And uh, I, I like that kind of stuff. See, I, I could sit for hours and read my Bible and pray and just fellowship with God. That's just my personality. And I can't do it all day, but I love my mornings. And um, we do it here, but nothing like watching the ocean in the morning and the sailboats going by and just praying in the Holy Ghost and... So he, he, the Lord began to show me some stuff about myself and about things he wanted me to work on me, and I thought I would share some of that with y'all tonight. Um, I'm going to preach on the root issue, and I'm going to preach on, uh, I'm going to use a book, two books tonight. One, I'm self-centered, and it's the source of all grief. I, I, I want you to know that every one of us in this room have a tendencies to be selfish. We all do. And when I preach on this, I want you to understand why I'm doing it. It's detrimental to us. I would say that all of the problems I have ever had, not all of them, that's wrong, not all. Most of them, I created them unconsciously. You don't, I didn't do it on purpose. I wasn't. I was ignorant, but I'm still creating a problem and a lot of that is born out of insecurity or or born out of selfishness and there was times that Lisa and I'd get in disagreements and they were not necessary that we were just being childish and we created we just created a problem and one day we woke up and went let's just no let's just grow up (laughs) and we did that's been many years ago But I go back now and I pick up books like this and love and I read them because I'm I'm aware of my tendencies. I'm aware that I get out of love. I'm aware that I do things selfishly. And so there's a scripture that says study to answer or a wise man will study. In other words, you won't make a change unless you do it on purpose. And when you're married, and you're married to someone very good, you want to treat them good. And, and I want to be treated well, don't you? And I've seen a lot of stuff going on in the world, and I see stuff going on in our lives. And I want to help you, because a lot, because I, 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 Lisa and I counsel a lot of people. Every person who has, we have ever counseled who was in, the, in a marital fight, when one of them comes in with a list of all of the things their spouse didn't do, basically they're headed to the divorce court. Because they got demands out there that are, they may be real, but it's not, that's not the way you fix it. 
Divorce is the number one reason for poverty. If, you, if, if you're a man and you love your money, love your wife and keep your money. Because if you want to fight about it, she's getting half of it and remarrying. Thank you. And I just want to say those things to y'all because, you know, sometimes, sometimes I think, well, anyway, the way I'm saying this is, even though we're born again and even though we all love the Lord and even though we, our name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, I want a good life here. I want a good life here. I, I enjoy my times with Lisa. And I'm going to tell you, I've had to work on my marriage and I've had to work on me a lot. I, Lisa jokes and calls me a double D personality. And I am. I, I am. Lisa's very strong-willed also. That's positive most of the time until we get in an argument and neither one of us are going to bend. You understand? Yeah, and, and, you know, and, and it doesn't hurt to tell you this because I know y'all do it too. Don't, don't, don't look at me so pious. But, you know, um, but we've said things to each other. Um, I, she said some things to me one time. I didn't like it, but it was true. And I had to go back and start asking some hard questions. Why do I act like I act? Why am I this way? So we're, we come out of the womb demanding milk. We, selfishness is just part of your flesh nature. And you and I have to do something about that. So the world we're living in. I want you to go to 2 Timothy 3. Let's talk about the world we're living in because it is getting worse. I don't want that in here. I don't want it in you. The, the biggest, the most, the problems you, if you're having a lot of problems, you can fix them. That's right. Now you need to believe that. Mm-hmm. I, I remembered one time I was listening to a set of tapes by by um, Keith Moore on, on, on humility. And when I got finished, the first thing I thought of was, Lisa sure needs to he, he listen to these. And, and he, then he made the statement, and these tapes are not for your spouse. <laughs> and he said, that's pride. And I went, oh, shoot, I can't give them to Lisa. And it, it's really easy to always think that the other person needs to change. And they may. But it's very selfish to think they need to change and you do not. Because I have found out I can be happy even when Lisa's not having a good day. I don't have to, and I found out a long time ago, it, it takes two people to fight. If you don't learn anything tonight, learn that. Because there's times, and I'm not going to tell you I've been perfect at it, but there's times that Lisa's got her feathers ruffled, and I looked at her and I go, why don't you calm that down and let's just talk? Mm-hmm. And she'll go, okay. <laughs> it, you really, you've got to start learning to, to control self. Yeah. And you're not going to control self if you think self's arrived. Yep. Sure. You think you don't have a problem. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. So 2 Timothy 3, know this, that in the last days, Perilous times will come. That word perilous is the exact same Greek word used to describe the man Managadera. There's only used twice in the Bible. The mad Managadera and right here. Vicious times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Let's just stop there. We've, that, that's more than enough. We're living in a day where people love themselves. The word proud means self-reliant or a self-made man. Go to 1 Corinthians 13. I want to show you something. I got this book out um, on love. And, and I got to tell you the truth. When I first started reading it, it, it kind of didn't make any sense. I, I know you're looking at me like, oh, you're crazy. 
No, I, I, I thought I was doing better than I was doing. I read it and went, ah, I'm doing pretty good. When you study it and you start watching yourself real close, you'll find out that there's, you're, you're, you're missing it a lot more than you think you are. You know, the other day, Lisa and I were talking, and I asked her about my truck payment. She says, well, I didn't send it in. I said, I said something to her. Went found out about an hour later that she had sent it in. They had to do it, and I walked up to her, and I said, you know, that's called easily provoked. I apologize. I, don't, I mean, I just read the book that morning. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't catch myself to look at her and go, oh, don't. Because, you know, um, I'm, I'm making extra payments on it. Amen. I'm paying principal, too. And I want to see it reflected in the statement. And they're the ones that, were, Toyota was the one messing it up. And I looked at her and I said, no, don't do that. You get it in earlier, get it in earlier. And she just looked at me real kind and went, okay, just nice. And, and I, she could tell it, it aggravated me a little bit. And I had to come back and call her and go, I'm sorry. I got provoked. You, you just don't realize how fast you're, you're trashing someone out. And you really have to think deep. You have to literally take the book and read it to yourself. Anyway, so I got um, um, uh, Andrew Womack's book out, The Self-Centeredness, The Source of All Grief, and, I, and I've been reading it over again and enjoying it. So 1 Corinthians 13, 5, love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. Self-centeredness, he says, is the source of your grief. Eliminate self-centeredness, and you'll eliminate a lot of problems in your life. Now, we're afraid, but let me ask you about God. Is God selfish? No, not a bit. Is Jesus selfish? No, he's not even a little bit selfish. The opposite of agape love is selfishness. You're not walking in selfishness and walking in love. So if you say, well, I'm a very loving person, well, to the degree you're not self-centered, and selfishness is when you are taking care of you. Which means God is not taking care of you. Or you don't believe that he has the ability to take care of you. In other words, if someone does you, you slap me, I'll slap you back. Not, I'll turn the other cheek. And there's where we have a problem. Because you're not walking on me is the attitude. Why not? Why not take some heat? Why not allow someone to just be ugly? Why do you and I always have to retaliate? It does not behave rude. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. That's enough right there to go on for a month, right? Just those words. And, and you could work on that until next month and come back and go, I'm about 20% better. <laughs> if you do not take care of me, if I don't take care of me, who will? That's a good question. If I'm not taking care of me, who is taking care of me? Say God. Do, listen, here's a question. Does he care or does he not? Do you believe he cares? Do you believe he sees what people are doing? Then you can actually leave it alone knowing he'll take care of it. And he will not allow you to be taken advantage of. So that means if he's taking care of it, your last fight, is, your, your fighting days are over. 
Now, you have to get that mindset. If God is for me, who can be against me? If, if, and I cast all my cares, he cares about me. So you're obviously, we're seeing things every day that people are doing that affect us. When I were in the airport coming home, I walked up and very kindly asked the lady, because our plane had not arrived. Now, when we got to the airport, Lord have mercy, the line for customs was from here, and I'm not exaggerating, to the, to the sign. Two and a quarter hours in one line. We had three lines. Two and a quarter hours in one line to, to go through, and the guy asking us, did you buy anything? Do you have any fruits? Did you get a parrot and put it in your thing, you know? And are you really who this says you are? And are you Daryl Morgan? Are you an imitator? And I'm like, I'm me, I'm me, I'm me. And he's like, take your mask off. Let me look at you real good. And I'm going, this is just about as nonsensical as it can be. And they're taking their sweet time, and there's about a 1,000 people waiting to get on an airplane. Well, finally, I get out there, and our plane's not there. And I looked at the lady, and I said, um, uh, is it late a little bit or late a lot? You know, because I want to know how to plan my time sitting in the airport. And she chewed me out. What? I thought, that's not, I, I'm just asking, is the plane five minutes or ten minutes? And it was like, it'll be here when it gets here. And I'm, and I'm thinking about this book. And I went and sat down, and, and my flesh, I, I'm going to say something to this woman. And I thought, not easily provoked. I said, and see, feelings, I feel very provoked. I feel violated. There's no reason to talk to you. I'm not your dog. And so I, I planned my love attack. I decided this woman needs love, and her bad attitude isn't me. I'm not. I'm not why you're. I'm not why you're mean. <laughs> so when I'm going out the door, she takes that little gun and she shoots me, and I went, pow! And I and she and she started laughing, and I just gave her a big hug and went out. And I thought that's a whole lot better way than what I was gonna say. <laughs> You know, I just had to, I had to think a minute. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil. And I mean, I've got these things going through me, and everything in me is the opposite of what the Bible says. I'm having this moment. I only have one cheek. Don't hit it. You know, but that went on all week. There was either people very kind or mean as the devil. Just mean. COVID has made people mean. And so I, I came home thinking about this subject. And I thought, you know, Daryl, work on yourself. Now, another reason I started thinking about this, and listen to me. If you want the anointing and you want a better life, you're going to have to walk in love. Amen. No excuse. If God loved you. And he gave you mercy, unconditional mercy. Then he's expecting us to treat each other well. Right. Not based on whether someone deserves it. The woman didn't deserve right. kindness. But I decided to be bigger. Yeah. Now, I, won't, I like to tell you that I responded positively to everyone. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I walked up to one lady in the outside at the beach she's got a plexiglass in front of her she says go get your mask on and I was nice and I went and got my mask on and I came back and, and Lisa did you buy the tickets or did I I think I did and so when I went back to the, to the car to get my fins I took it off because I'm outside and um 
I walked by the building and she opened the door and stuck her head out and said, I said get the mask on your face. You're near my building. And I'm like, I didn't think about love. I didn't. I said, lady, I'm outside and I ain't putting a mask on. And she ducked her little head in like a turtle and I walked off and Lisa finally said something to me like, you know, that really wasn't necessary. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> yeah, well, you said something later like you shouldn't have said. And, and Lisa was right. Allowing her to, that's control. I'm allowing her bad day to get to me. Yeah, yeah. it's affecting me. And, and, and I'm, I'm head of the beach. I'm on a beautiful island made by God with the most beautiful one in the world, and I'm mad because I'm an idiot. So, and, 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 and I, I started studying anger. And I want to read to you in a minute what causes anger. Anger is caused by selfishness. You did that to me. And you, when you're reading that, you're like, I wished I could have punched her and then got right with God. But... You know, you think to yourself, are you trying to run people off your island? Are you just trying to destroy your businesses? I mean, what is y'all's problem? But they weren't all that way. We met a lot of good people, had a lot of good times. It was a few people. But I came home looking for my book, Selfishness, the Source of All Grief, and decided to work on my love walk a little more. Selfishness is the opposite of love. If you're still dealing with selfishness, you still are not made perfect in love. Selfishness is a lonely place. Now, I want you to write that down someplace. If you love being alone, stay selfish because no one likes you. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Pity is, is one of the most harmful things you'll ever engage in. You're wanting people to pet you, and you're driving them out of your life. They don't want to be around you, and you are your own problem. Nobody likes me. Correct. There's a reason nobody likes you. Okay, so I wrote that down. Selfishness is a lonely place. John 13, and um, I, want, I want to read this. Because it, it's so powerful when you read it correctly. John 13, 34. A new commandment I give you that you love one another as I loved you. Now, how did he love us? Unconditionally. We, we, did, did I deserve it? No. No, 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 no. I did not. And yet, I, I love him loving me. That's very comforting to my soul. He loves me. But then, you and I were designed by God to live with people. You were not designed to be alone. That's why we marry. Thank you. And then you wish to God you hadn't have gotten married. And then you want to just shack up with somebody and there's, they're, they're just as selfish as you are. Come on, and you live your life this way and you're wishing you could find somebody that wasn't selfish to marry selfish you. So a new commandment I give you that you love other people. Didn't just stop. The same way I loved you unconditionally with no conditions, not based on your performance, but based on me, that you also love each other. And, and I, I, I love being loved. Mm -hmm. yes. do, do, you know there's, do you know there's times I preach things that I don't want to preach because I already know that it'll make you mad, but it's for your good. And I already know that I'm going to lose friends. But I like having friends. I like having people come to church. I like having friends. I, I enjoy friendships. I enjoy going on. I enjoy my times with Lisa. I don't like it when she's not talking. 
Y'all don't either, do you? But we would, this would, we'd fix some of this if we would just love each other as he loved. And and so I want you to think about this. Here's two, two different marriages. One of them says, I married Lisa because she makes me happy. I want her to meet my needs. I want her to cook. I want her to clean the house. And I want her to be a good wife to me. This is disastrous, and I haven't got started yet. And then she marries me and goes, I want to marry a man of God so you make some money and have a good church and a place for me to lead worship and to give me children and me and it's me and it's me. What do you think is about to happen when we sleep in the same room together? It's going to be a fight. You didn't do this for me. You didn't do that for me. You didn't do that for me. You didn't do that for me. Brother Hagin made a statement one time, and he says, Aretha and I don't have those problems. He said, I live to meet her needs. And she lives to meet mine. I thought, what a wonderful idea. They ought to put that in the Bible someplace. (laughs) He did. So if I'm waking up in the morning and I'm thinking, what does Lisa want today? Do you think that that it would actually work, given it shall be given? Do you think that would actually work? What about take and it shall be taken? Selfishness breeds hell. If you're interested in me, 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 you're creating a hell around you and in you. Do you see that? Your spouse can be full of love and you can just be full of the devil and you're, you're miserable. People are miserable in America. Greatest land place in the world and they're unhappy here. They got a cell phone, they got a car, they got a bed, they got an air conditioner, they got a, food, a refrigerator full of food and they're unhappy. Everybody in Haiti would be excited to have half anything you have. I mean, it's, I've been to Haiti and they got one soccer ball in the village and the kids are happy. And I'm going, something's wrong here. It's called selfishness. You owe me. Nobody owes you anything. So since you have a selfish nature and your spouse has a selfish nature and there is only one of the two of you you can fix, why don't you work on the one you can do something about? I mean, if you want to blow their mind, if you want to blow someone's mind, be kind after they've been ugly. I'll tell you how I know. I hate it when Lisa's nice after I've been ugly. If she would just blow a gasket, I would feel justified. But when she does something nice, then I go home out of my room and I go, you were a jerk. And now I really feel bad. This it actually works. The the most selfish thing you'll ever do for you is stop being selfish. Loving self is the worst thing you'll ever do for yourself. Loving others is the best thing. All right, here's why. When, when you love yourself, you're going to eliminate friends. And then when you get down, who will lift you up? But when you lift others and you go down, who will lift you up? Others. So the best thing in life is to create friends, and you're going to have to stop being selfish to do it. You're going to have to give to other people. Just, it's a real good idea. It's actually in the Bible. Unselfish means not grasping, but generous. Knowing that it is more blessed to give than receive. Unselfishness means being generous. All right, let's thank this. And I'm... There are times when Lisa and I will go somewhere. And, and I'm going to use the St. Thomas again. 
jewelry. I went to the jewelry store at Christmas, and Lisa said, I want a gold chain. She didn't ask for a lot for Christmas, but it was $1,000. And I'm like, like plywood. Oh, come on. And I'm like, I'm looking at the guy, and I'm going, now, you're, you're joking me. He goes, no, sir. And I don't think, I think it was like 980. It wasn't really 1,000. And I didn't buy it. I just thought, I went home, told Lisa, I said, no, not, I'm not giving that man, I'm not giving someone, I know how bad you want it, but I can't, I'm not doing that. So when she went to St. Thomas, she walked in a jewelry store, and it was 150, and I said, baby, have a ball. And she had a ball. She bought earrings she liked. She got a ring she wanted. And, and I enjoyed her being able to buy the things that she's been wanting for a while. But I'm not giving you $1,000 for a little skinny gold chain around your neck. That's, I mean, we had the money, but I'm just not, I'm not giving it but she got it 150 250 Then she got a ring, another ring. But she got, came out, and, and you know, you're talking about a happy woman. And it made my day to watch her shop. And I wanted it, I wanted to just, this, just, I want, this is going to be your day. You're, you're in a place where I'm comfortable with you because I don't, I don't want you to go back home and Start asking for this stuff again. Get it now. Get it now, baby. Get it out of your system right now while you're down here. And she, and, um, she had a good time, and I recommend if you go want to buy jewelry, go to St. Thomas. I mean, there's that we met some Christians in there, and Lisa had fun. And she beat the guy up, and I loved watching her beat up people. I, I just get a lot out of some poor businessman dragging her off thinking that he's got an easy pick. And when he's finished, she is going to tear him to pieces. Because she's going to go, well, tell me how much two of them are. Well, now let's go back to one of them. Well, what about if it had this? Now, wait a minute. I know you said that, but let's go back over to this other thing. After a while, he's going, lady, just buy it. Here, I'll, I'll sell it to you at a discount. I mean, I'll take a cut. Just buy it. Get it. You're costing me more money sitting here talking to me than I'm. I've lost five customers talking to you, and you've beaten me from $800 down to $300, and just buy it, you know. And I, she walks out with her item, and I said, we're going down the road, and the next guy goes, lady. And I go, just, buddy, you don't want to do this. <laughs> and she says, I'll only be a moment. I says, honey, I'm going to go find a pair of sunglasses someplace. I'll be back a little. <laughs> but, you know, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Yep. And I'm just going to tell you, I've changed, I've changed a lot because in traditional uh, marriages, the woman does the cooking and the woman does all the the cleaning of the dishes and all that. And, I, and I've started walking in the kitchen and noticed that she's down here, and, and I just thought, go in there and wash them. Wash those dishes. Cook some dinner. Make her breakfast. Just, you know, don't just always think about yourself all the time. What would she like? What would she like? And, um, and, and, I'm, and I'm saying that because you have to literally stop yourself and ask, what does my spouse want? Or what do the kids want? Let's say take a vacation. How many of y'all, you're like me, maybe, maybe you're not like me. I don't, I wouldn't, I'd be fine if I never went to Disney another day of my life. Amen. I mean, that, it's a small world after all, does nothing for me. But I already know that the day is coming in the name of Jesus that Justin will have kids. And they're going to go, he's, and, our, and our little boy, our little grandson's, Poppy, I want to go to Disney, and, and I'm going to take him. Because that's what he wants to do. That's, right. that's going to make his... That's right. So when's the last time you actually planned something that benefited you none? Let me ask you a hard question. What do you think Jesus got out of the cross? Nothing. It benefited him. None. He will be in a body for eternity because of you. You're talking about love. 
and we're having a hard time just spending a day. So I'm going to ask you another question. How does what you do affect other people? It's a good question. And I'm just trying to prompt your brain. How does the way you act, how does your church attendance, how does your commitment to God, how are you affecting your family? Are you being selfish? Or do your kids need you to be a stronger pillar? You say, well, I don't need to be there. No, but your kids might. Your friends might. Yeah. I'm trying to get you to think a little bit. That's what love really is. It's not a gooey feeling. Okay. I've got to mention this one now. There are times when I do watch movies with Lisa, and I'm trying not to say anything. <laughs> and she'll tell me she's going to watch a movie with me, be quiet. And it's all I can do not to say something. Do you know how it's going to turn out? They're going to fight. They're going to have a problem. She's going to go to her mom. She's going, shut up. Okay, never mind. So sometimes you need to watch the movie she wants to watch and vice versa. Okay, number one cause of probably, okay, I already said that. Blowing someone's candle out does not make your candle brighter. Remember that all your life. Just because you showed someone a thing. Okay, so you put them in their place. You're no better off. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't advance you at all. But they never forgot it. You may have separated a friend. But you probably should have just left it alone. Brother Hagen's one that said that. Now, Proverbs 12, 25. Let me, let me read this. Anxiety in the heart. Let me. I, got, I still got things I got to read. Proverbs 12, 25. I'm sorry if I said 25. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Where's, where's depression coming from? It's coming from what you're thinking about. You're thinking on bad things when there's good all around you. But how, that's, that's one of Satan's number one tactics. Get you to focus on one, like the lady that hollered at me because I didn't have my mask on as I walked by the building. I could have gone, be blessed. And just been fine. But, but now I'm depressed. This is helping y'all, isn't it? And yet I'm, I'm in the Virgin Islands. And there's an ocean. And food. And coconuts. And my beautiful wife. And I'm wandering around thinking about this idiot. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. So it says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. A good word makes it glad. You can choose to just go, be blessed. Gerald Brooks made a statement one time. He said, well, what you bless can't hurt you. That's for your benefit. Look at another one, Proverbs 13, 10. Um, by, by pride comes nothing but strife. Man, when there's strife, you got some selfishness going on. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something, and, I'm, and I hope it doesn't bother you too bad. I just ain't going to put up with that anymore. Why not? I ain't talking to me like that anymore. I'm just not going to put up with that. Why not? Why not walk out and go, praise God, if God is for me, who could be against me? I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. Why are you letting everybody push your button? Amen. I realized one time if I didn't have a button, the devil couldn't push it. I thought instead of Lisa not doing something, I just decided to dismantle the button. Or someone else in the church. I spent too much time being mad at people that I couldn't change. All right. 
Do you know where the root of that is? That's selfishness. You're destroying my church. No, you're not. You're destroying you. You're not harming me a bit. Amen. If you want to have a bad day, have a bad day. I won't. <laughs> Amen. Um, um, this is a good one for kids. Proverbs 22, 6. And, and it has something to do with something I'm going to read in a minute. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Look at 23, 13. Do not withhold correction from a child. If you beat him with a rod, he won't die. You beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. What do you think's going on in a kid in the store? It's selfishness. Do you know as a parent you're supposed to drive that out of them before they get married? <laughs> yeah, listen, listen, if, if you have a kid like that, the, the, the biggest issue for you today is to fix Herman. It's not groceries, it's not dinner. It's Herman. And just stop right there and go, Wah! just go, I'm going to take you home, and you'll never forget this day. <laughs> take him in the house, and I was going to try to find a way to explain this to you. If a child, now I'm going to say, just, just, just love me. If a child is still angry with you after you've spanked him, a little demonstration. <laughs> Works. I'm not, I'm not talking. I want to lift their spirits. And then say, we're going back to the grocery store, and we have a repeat performance of your bratty attitude. We're coming back home. And explain to your father why there's no dinner. And then he's going to come talk to you too. There's no such thing as terrible twos. That's right. They should last a maximum two minutes. <laughs> Someone says, well, you know, you had kids two years old. I did. Didn't last very long. Now, y'all might think that's too strong. No, it's not. You're trying to make a point, and you need to make a point. They will not hear your words. They will remember you. Now, I know a lot of y'all will disagree with what I'm going to say right now. Capital punishment works. Because every time you pull a gun in a grocery store, if you think you're going to electric chair, you won't do it. But if you think that you're going to go down to the police station and going to turn you loose, you don't care who you shoot. Now, if you don't agree with that, that's fine. You're going to meet a different side of God because he is loving. But he is, as, he, is as, he is judge and he is as strong as he is good. And if you think he won't send someone to hell, you've really missed it. I was talking to a man one day that he was, him and his wife were not having, uh, they were having marriage problems. And I said, Lord, what's wrong with him? And he says, if his mother had tanned his hide, he wouldn't be in the mess he's in. And maybe, is that too strong for y'all? Listen, the only, only way to deal with a brat Grief is rooted in self-centeredness. When a loved one dies, we tearfully ask, how can I go on without him? Giving in to strong emotions, we focus on the death and cry, I'll never see him on the earth again. And then we convince ourselves our mourning is for them, but it's really all about you. They're with Jesus. And they're not crying at all. Come on, y'all. We, we, we're going to have to wake up and go. There with the Lord. My mother died, and we all walked in the funeral home, and my brother and sisters and I were sitting in the funeral of their director's office, and we're cracking jokes and talking, and he goes, you, I, I don't understand, y'all. I've never had anybody walk in my funeral home after their mother died acting like y'all were at a party. And me and my two sisters said, 
Well, she's with Jesus. And we're glad she's there because she was miserable here. And he's like, well, yeah, yeah, we know. But I said, ain't no but about it. She's with Jesus. And we're not going to have a bad day because she's with Jesus. She's with Jesus. We're just enjoying each other's company. And I asked myself, why am we the first people that he ever met happy in a funeral? I, never, I, I don't think I've shed a tear since she died. She's not dead. She's not dead. When, when she died, Mark said that she's sitting in a chair. She's had osteoporosis. She's sitting in a wheelchair, all crumpled up. And she's just sitting there sad. And he's talking to her, and she goes, <gasps> and dies. What do you think she saw? Big old angel comes. Let's go, Peggy. And she's like, yes. And she's out. And I'm like, yay, mama. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So when my funeral, if you guys are sad, I'm coming back to get moved. And walk in your bedroom one night and scare the heat. And you, don't you Truly, your grief comes because of selfishness. Pain and loss seem more real to you than the truth of your loved one's happiness. Stop and ask yourself, why am I grieving? Is this sorrow for me or them? Well, understand, there is a grieving, a natural grieving. But let me tell you something. If it goes on for weeks, it's you. What about me? What about me? Go find, go, go make a friend. If you're a grandma and your husband dies, you've got grandkids who need you. You've got children who need you. Get over it. You have a lot of life left. And soon you'll be with Jesus. Amen. All right. Now, you may not like that at all. It's for our own good. Whether you find yourself at a funeral home or in the middle of everyday life, self-centeredness can turn anything you're going through into a crisis. If you're a crisis person, you're a pouty baby. Selfishness causes you to pout. Everybody watch me. Pet me. No, don't. <laughs> Self-centered people are easily offended. Offense is because you're selfish. You're just not taking it very serious. You're right, we're not. We're having a good day and we're not going to let your bad day get on. They find ways to get upset over the simplest, silliest things and they, then they process down well-traveled path to depression, discouragement, and defeat. Why? They're consumed with self. If you would take a step back and be objective when you start sliding into another crisis, you would save yourself a lot of grief. Ask the hard question, where do I stand? Why am I defeated? And why has myself been stepped on? If you deal with yourself like this, when your feathers get ruffled, your crisis would go away. Dead people never feel anything. This is a good, good point. I don't, where am I in time? Oh, I got, I got plenty of time. You can do all kinds of mean things to a corpse, and they don't respond. Kick it, spit it, slap it. It'll not retaliate because it's dead. According to the Bible, you're supposed to be dead. Romans 6, 8, 2 Timothy 2, 11. Why then are you so easily hurt when someone doesn't, doesn't say something to you why do you have so many problems in relationship? Plain and simple, pride is very much alive in you. Now, see, I'm reading this and thinking about the woman. I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to be nice. She's not wrecking my day. Because you realize when people are having a bad day, they're having a bad day. You're not, you're, not, you're not raining on my parade. I'm having a good day. 
Now listen to the scripture, Proverbs 13, 10. Only by pride comes contention. If you never learn anything else, learn that scripture. Only by pride. If you're a fighter, when someone corrects you and you got to defend yourself, it's pride. Oh, I'm going to come over here. I didn't, I didn't say it strong. I've got to say it again. So I've got to say it over here because I know y'all didn't hear it. Only by pride, the book of Proverbs, comes contention. If contention is there, someone is full of self. Yes. Now let me ask you a question. Let's say I walk up to Frank and I go, Frank, uh, if you're going to work in my church, don't ever be late again. You know what I want him to do? Okay. That's pretty easy. I don't want to spit bath. I don't want to hear about his bad day. I don't want to know about his bad day. All I want him to do is go, yes, sir, I'll, I'll work on that. Why is that so hard? Why is it so hard for you to have someone tell you you're wrong? Well, you just don't know what it was like. I mean, I mean, I mean I've been home all day and I've had a bad day and my kids call me in the middle of the night and all that. And I'm going, Frank, shut up. Just get to church on time. I don't want drama. I don't want a drama. I'd watch Hallmark. No, Frank's not like that. That's why I'm picking on him. Because Frank's not like that. Frank, I can actually say that about Frank because Frank's exactly the opposite of that. He is the kind of guy who goes, yeah, I'll do that. Amen. Praise the Lord. But you know how many people I've looked at and said, um, don't do that again? Oh, heaven help us. Three weeks later, they're still storming around. You thought they were in the spirit when they came by me. And I'm going, still mad, three weeks later. Everybody else is running in the spirit, and they're running around. <laughs> Y'all think I'm joking, I'm not. I'm not joking. Woo, only. It's not because you're Puerto Rican. It's not because you're Italian. You just don't know us Italians. Well, I might want to cast Italian out because you, you, that's just not Christian. I, I led a lady to the Lord in Tulsa. And she said, well, I'm Italian. And all Italians talk loud. I said, Christian Italians don't. And she wanted to justify her screaming at her husband constantly. I mean, you can say Scott or Scott. <laughs> They're both his name, but, you know, one of them is Italian. <laughs> I'm glad y'all are in the spirit. If you're experiencing bitterness, hurt, and anger, God's words leaves no room for you to sidestep your responsibility. You might as well face it sooner than later because there is no other reason. You were not born that way. It is not your personality. It is not the circumstances you're in that are to blame. Contention came in your life because of pride, and pride is a leasing cause of the reason you act the way you do. That's pretty good, ain't it? You think, uh, y'all got any more of those books out there? Yeah, we have price for all the married people tonight. <laughs> Angry people are self-centered. What do you think? Who do you think you're taking care of? Now, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why there's anger. Because if someone says something to you that you didn't like, even if it's true, it hurts your soul. Correction is not fun. I don't, like, I don't like correcting. I don't like being corrected. So the best way to keep it from ever happening again is to scream at them. <laughs> let's, let me, let's, let's just get logical. Honey, did you take out the trash? No! I'm not going to! What I'm saying is, don't ever ask me that question again. Because you're going to pay for it. With my anger. 
you're trying to voice your own. I mean, I'm trying to help us. Why not? No, I haven't yet. But I will. But if you want it done earlier, take it out yourself. You can be nice. I mean, you don't have. So all of the, all of the anger. And, and you know what? This was a hard pill because this was my pill. Now, Alicia has another pill. We let her preach on her own pill. But she would look at me and say, why are you angry? And I'd go, you make me angry. <laughs> and then I would say, you always do that, and you're like your mother. <laughs> yeah, the couch, is, the couch is, better get you a nice couch when you talk to your wife like that. Well, I haven't done that in a long time. I'm bringing up stuff 20 years ago, so I want y'all to know I've, I've overcome bringing up Lisa's mother. Amen. I've overcome that one a long time ago. But yet, in the same time, I never paid any attention to what she said. I ne she said, you're angry, and I never paid any attention to it. Until one day, I got tired of not getting my prayers answered. Be mean to your wife, and I'm not answering your prayers. Oh, Shondi, that's how this works. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Even my getting over anger was selfishness. I did it for me. <laughs> but I wanted a better, I wanted my, I want my prayers answered. And I, and I got tired of being mad and blaming everyone else. Come on, I've, I'm, I've beaten myself up so bad tonight, I think we ought to start beating on some of y'all. <laughs> Anger manifests inwardly through self-pity, depression, and emotional wounds. If you've been hurt by another person, let me tell you something, you're really going to have to get the Word of God to get, get that out of you. You've been through a divorce, I'm going to tell you something, it's devastating the words that are spoken by someone you cared for dearly. And don't think it doesn't wound you. Don't, do not think it does not affect you. You're going to have to spend some time with God and get over it. Okay. Anger manifests through self-pity, depression, emotional wounds. Whatever hurt your flesh wants to magnify the pain and focus on self. However, you can stop 90% of your depression, sorrow, and wounded just by loving other people. Now, I'm going to tell you how I've, how I've, this has helped me. When I'm having a day where I'm having a pity party, I stop and go. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. God loves me unconditionally. I live in a great nation. I have great family. I ate today. I have a job. You, you, you've got to sit down and start thinking good thought. You've got to make yourself go, why, stop focusing on this one thing because, now I said this one time before, you can sit back with a person and you can magnify their problems and it won't be long, you won't like them. The emotions are there, they're there. You can stop right there and start thinking good and your emotions will follow your thinking. And, the, and in 10 minutes later, you're madly in love with this person you hated. <laughs> and all of that was a feeling based on the fact that Satan captured your thought life. Am I doing good? Yes. yes. Self-centeredness is the source of all grief. Now, it's a powerful thing I'm saying because when you and I realize that we can fix us, That's the biggest problem. So let's say you're married to somebody who is self-centered. Can you still have a good life? Yeah. yeah. Heavenly Father, save them, kill them, or get me another one. <laughs> I, I want to go on, but I am going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story about God. Lisa and I had friends that were in the ministry. They were missionaries, the best way I know to explain it. 
and we went on vacation with him, and he was brutal. We were driving through the countryside of Colorado with him and his family and my family, and the kids are puking out the windows. And his wife is saying, honey, just pull the car over. And he says, no. And I'm in the back seat, and I tapped him, and I said, you will pull the car over. Because I'll whip you. I didn't say that. And he finally got angry and pulled over. Kids are getting out of the car. I mean, he's making everybody sick in the car. And a few months later, he kicks his wife out of the house. And he had, he had met his girlfriend that he was supposed to marry. Now, his, him and his wife have kids that are teenagers. They've been married, what, 15 years at this time or, or longer? Yeah. And he says, I married the wrong woman, and I'm divorcing my wife. And I got in the middle of it and decided to try to save their marriage. And the Lord spoke to me very strong. He said, get out of this. I am setting her free. And I, I went, yes, sir. And I, I picked up the phone and I called his wife. I said, get in the church that you came out of and hire a lawyer. Because half of the stuff that he owns is yours. And she said, well, I'm walking in love. I said, no, you're not. I said, you are going to sue him. Well, I'm just, I said, no, you're not. Well, see, I had already heard from God. Yeah. Now, she went ahead and got back in the church. He wouldn't even let her teach in Sunday school. He, he was a domineering bully, just always ugly. And, and you, you ladies are like, yes, amen, Jesus. Never mind. And the Lord said to me, he says, I'm setting her free. Well, they ended up getting a divorce. She ended up going to a lawyer and got the stuff that was rightfully hers. They're married for all those years. Um, remarried a wonderful man. And he went off angry, mad, and bitter. I was with him one day, and he says, I hate John Hagee. I grew up in the Assemblies of God. I hate that man. I hate that man. He's just as mean. And I'm going, brother, he's not as mean as you are. Yeah. Why is it you hate John Hagee? What, what did John Hagee say that ruffled your feathers? But he is like that all the time. Let me tell you something. If you will obey God, uh, he'll take care of you. Amen. And I'm not saying every, everything is that extreme. But you think, don't, don't think for a moment God does not see what's happening. And so if you're in a situation where you think, well, I'm being run over, why don't you just go, God, and we'll give it to you, and I'm going to walk in love, and I'm going to obey you, and I'm going to let you fix Mr. Proud or Mrs. Proud or whoever. Amen. Amen. Let me close with this one statement. Pastoring a church is a wonderful idea. You meet a lot of wonderful people. But occasionally we have some people that come in that are a real work of art. You know, the best thing to do is just love them. God loves them, and he, he can fix it. But I have learned that any time I try to fix it, I mess it up. So my acting like I don't care is really I do care. I care enough to go, God... I don't know what to do about this person. And I know you love them, so I'm just going to ask you to help them with whatever they're dealing with. And when people are ugly around you, just learn to pray for them and then leave it alone. Don't let it rain on your parade. Now, I, if you want the book, I didn't do it justice. It's a great book. I highly recommend that if you're a little bit like me, buy it. Well, if you're a little bit like Lisa, buy it. Uh, if you're a little bit like anybody, buy it. Um, we have a tendency to leave books alone that deal with 
overcoming pride or overcoming selfishness because I, I don't have it. Yeah, you do. It's part of your flesh nature. So will I be okay when I get to heaven? Yeah, that's why you're leaving your body here. <laughs> you're going to step in heaven and go, I just don't feel so selfish anymore. He's going to go, no, you know, you know, no, that body's staying there. That flesh nature stayed behind. It's with us all the time. Our feelings are with us. They're with us all the time. And you and I have got to make a, make a decision. I'm a walking love. Your, 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 you need, your health depends on it. Your peace of mind depends on it. Your whole, your whole having a good life depends on you not being self-centered. So the most the best thing you ever did for yourself was to stop being selfish. Now, if y'all are looking at me like a dog at a new bowl, I'm going to close my eyes and pretend like you're not there, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. Father, what a wonderful subject. I pray that I did enough justice to it to us to walk out of here tonight and go, you know, we live in a world right now, people have gone crazy. I'm not going to go crazy with them. I'm going to let the people that are mad stay mad all by themselves and let the people don't like me just don't like me and let the ones that are having a bad day. But I'm going to work on the one person I can work on. I'm going to work on me. I'm going to work on my love walk to my wife. I'm going to work on my love walk to my children. And I'm going to work on my love walk to the people who walk in the doors of this church and to be a better pastor than I've ever been. I pray you help me do it. I pray you help all of us because I'm, I have a sneaky feeling, Father, that in this room right now, there are people in here who have relationships just like what I was talking about. They're married to somebody who is very me, me, me. And I pray that you would give them a revelation tonight that they can actually enjoy their life and not allow someone else's selfishness to reign on their parade. And they can actually be big enough to bless the person who's being ugly. And I'm asking you to help every one of us in this room to become a, little, a lot more like Jesus. It's going to take a lot. It's going to take some off our flesh to do it. But we can do it. And we'll be better off for it. And I thank you, Father, for helping us in Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com from our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember... Our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.